0: A lot of people say they have a relationship with God, but that relationship is really reflected in how they live. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life Adult podcast. It's hosted by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor, and this is going to be the focus of our study today. It's out of 1 John to see how we can be confident in our relationship with God. Chris, I do think this is a very important topic for us.
1: It really is, Lynn. Thanks for leading us in this conversation. I think that uh, we we don't probably focus enough on the essentials of a relationship and a continuing walk with God, and we'll talk about that a lot today uh, in our session. We're delighted to have Christina Zimmerman with us Woo-hoo. as one of our uh, participants in this podcast. Good to see you, Christina.
2: Hello, yeah. Lynn and Chris. It's good to be here today. Christina
1: serves as the content editor for you, and we'll talk about you content. Uh, uh, we'll ask Christina to do that at the end of our podcast. Uh, but as we, we continue our study, no doubt, we're looking at uh, passages out of First John that uh, will help us in our relationship with God. And so one of the questions that ask uh as an icebreaker is who is someone or what are some of the qualities of confident people uh, that you appreciate that, that uh, stand out to you? Anything come to mind for you guys?
2: Well, you know, I always (laughs) think about my pastor because Sunday after Sunday he gets up before the congregation and he always exudes overwhelming confidence. In his sermons and in his leadership, so when I think about a confident person, I think about him.
1: So I'm attracted. And I don't mean that in a physical sense, but the a, a confident personality or someone who exudes confidence is is someone that that I want to connect with. I want to know more about. I want to have a conversation sure. with. So today we're we're looking at First John, uh, chapter two, at uh, several verses that will help us to focus again on a relationship with christ and how we can be confident in that relationship
0: yeah and i do think chris that's a huge issue for for believers uh that where they uh they have a relationship with christ and i experienced, I experienced this uh with teenagers talking to them they can talk about that moment when they gave their life to christ but that a question about you know do you know for you know the old question when you know for sure if you died, you would go to heaven. And it's even though they've talked about their relationship with Christ, their faith in him, they go, Well, I think so, or I hope so. Even though they just gave the answer that the sense of they've committed their life to Christ, but there's that still that lack of assurance that, well, maybe I, I'm pretty sure I've done everything I'm supposed to. I think we need confidence in our churches. Uh, as individuals
1: we do and uh the whole issue of doubt and removing doubt is uh, a theme that we want to hit on in a variety of different ways and uh, we'll we'll be doing that throughout this study
0: all right so let's just go ahead and jump in then chris uh and and christina was, i'm gonna we'll be in first john chapter two we're gonna see very different ways that uh we can kind of identify that we have that solid relationship with him. So I'm going to begin reading in verses three through six. Let me just actually just read the verse first the, the first verse on that verse three, because I want to see in this, this idea that when we walk in obedience to God's Christ commands, that's a reflection that we have a relationship when we walk in obedience. This is first three. This is how we know that we know him. If we keep his commands.
1: So John makes these uh, statements in in his letter. He he makes those t- same types of statements in the Gospel of John that where Jesus would say, "If you love me, keep my commandments." I remember I had an aha moment when I was a, a young adult. I was reading uh, Charles Col- Col- one of Charles Colson's books called Loving God, mm-hmm. and he just made this explicit statement: uh, one of the ways that we show or demonstrate that we love God is by keeping his commands Mm -hmm. and I don't know why that struck me I'd read some of those verses before but it was a life-changing experience I'm saying I love you God when I am obedient and keeping his commands that's that that was a life changer for me
2: you know Chris I I think I, I look at it in a in another way that's a great way to look at it but I'm I'm dwelling on that word, know, how okay. we know that we know him. It's interesting to, that what you do reflects whether you know God and, and do, that word do means the actions that we take or our behavior. So uh, Christ wants us to behave in a certain way. He wants us to do things a certain way and that demonstrates that we know God. If, if we don't, if we hate or if we misbehave, then we cannot possibly know God. J.I. Packer has a book called Knowing God, and he says this, he says, the problem with Christians who are disobedient is they are ignorant of God's ways. And if they're ignorant of God's ways, they don't maintain communion with God. They don't have that relationship with God.
0: Good. That's great. And, of course, the obvious way, how do we know what God wants? We see it in his word. That's uh, why it's so important that we just keep our noses in Scripture to stay in tune with what God's commands are. Uh, And even just. It was commands and also his heart in things. When you look at verse six, uh, John goes on. He says, the one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked,
1: which is so, what Christina was referring to.
0: Right. That idea that that I, and how do I know how Jesus walked? Well, again, I got to get into the scriptures to get the heart and the character of God. In that phrase, though, uh, walk as Jesus walked, it reminds me. And I'm going back, what, 20, 25 years to the old WWJD movement. Did you guys ever have the bracelet or any of that marketing stuff?
1: Yes. My kids did. I and did. I, I, I ah. referenced it in sermons, so yeah.
0: Yeah, my sons were of that age. They were uh, high school, middle age, when all that was big. and Of course, they had friends at school that would go around wearing the WWJD bracelets. And I, I don't want to just say I think the concept what, uh, what would Jesus do fits this verse. You know, walk as Jesus walked. Unfortunately, it became such a marketing thing; it just became trendy that people really lost sight of of what it really truly meant. But I think it's a rich statement. Now you can take it too far, but uh, just the heart of what would Jesus do in my situation.
1: So the Charles Sheldon book, what would Jesus do in his steps, uh, in his steps um, is uh, the source of that. I think uh, there are probably some other uh, preachers and writers who have who have picked up on this theme. But uh, I, I, again, that's an, one of those resources in my early um, walk with Christ and young as a young adult that uh, helped me uh, to learn how to be a Christian and to think Differently to think like and to act like what Jesus w- would want me to do, based on again what you said earlier, Lynn. His his life, what he did to follow his example, mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of people who have been influenced by that book and 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 that idea of what would Jesus do.
2: Right, you know, and it's good to ask that question when we're confronted with. Uh, decision that we're trying to make or when we're in a relationship, you know, especially as as ladies, you know, we want to choose uh, a beau or, you know, a, a guy friend or something like that uh, when we're trying to make a decision about buying something. Okay. So, yeah, so it, it's a, a great guide for making decisions.
0: Right. But the, the what would Jesus do idea should never be divorced from reading God's word. Exactly. I mean, I mean someone could say, well, uh, yeah, I think this is what Jesus would do and because they're not really grounded in the word. They can just make it whatever they want it to be because it's what they want. And yeah. so it's got, it's got to have that connection to the word of God.
2: Absolutely. And the, writer, the writer of Psalms 119 helps us with this. He wanted to know God's word and he wanted to know God so that he could enjoy God and follow
0: God. There you go. So there we're seeing here, talking about our surety of our relationship with Christ is that we need to walk in obedience to Christ's commands. Now let's go to verse seven, and we're going to pick up this idea, and uh, this idea that we need to walk in the light of, of Christ. Verse seven, Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old command that you have had from the beginning. The old command is the word you have heard. Yet I am writing a new command, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining.
1: So at this point, we need to be sure that people understand in our groups that this, the new commandment that Jesus gave uh, was founded, John 13, uh, 34, 35. Uh, A new commandment I give you that you love one another by this. All men will know that you are my disciples because of the love that you have for each other. He he repeats that in John 15. So it's a it's a strong reminder that if we if we say that we're followers of Jesus and we're walking in him, it should be evident by the fact that we love our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ.
2: Yes. You know, love is very strong in these verses. As a matter of fact, that's the whole premise of what Lynn just read here. We have to make that decision to love. And when we love, it's pretty clear that we're walking in the light of Christ.
0: That's a theme throughout 1 John. He keeps coming back to this. How can you say you love your brother? You know, how can you say you have, you love, but you don't show it, you know, that, um
1: so, and, and, and again it's how do you how how can you say you love God and hate your brother so I, again, very timely in in the culture that we live in there's a lot of rhetoric it's hot what people are doing and saying and uh, a lot of times there's no evidence of love for others in in the tone and the conversations. Uh, that we're having, I think it's really important in our small groups that we we really talk about the fact that hey, you know, if if we really love each other, uh, it should be evident uh, in how we act, what we say, how we treat each other, and um, this is this is a way this from a from an examining fruit perspective. <laughs> This sure. is the greatest right. criteria. Do, do we love each other?
2: Absolutely. And what you just described, Chris, and the culture is seeping into the churches. Yep. So I wanted to make that, that clear that it's not just the people out, out there and around the people that we see in the news. But a lot of those uh, activities and actions and thoughts are, are seeping into the, the churches as well. So love is the key.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a, good, is, yeah. Yes. that's a good segue to actually the next section of verses, because this idea that we're to walk in the will of God and not in the ways of the world. Here's the ways of the world trying to creep in to the church and to the setting of believers. Uh, John says this in, in 1 John 2, verse 15. Do not love the world are the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for everything in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride in ones possessions is not from the father but it is from the world and the world with its lust is passing away but the one who does the will of God
1: remains forever oh. so um i, I I think that this isn't anything I think that the whole statement, there's nothing new under the sun is, is really, really true. <laughs> yeah, uh, Solomon was spot on. Um, but <laughs> props to Solomon. Um, what is it about this world that we live in that just lures us in, it draws us in, that causes us to love the things of the world more than the things of God? I, it's um, well, I know there's yeah. those
0: things that are right in front of us uh, that ca- catch our attention. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what you said this idea too, Chris, there's nothing new under the sun. When I look at what John has said here about these, the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boasting of what we have, our pride. Yeah, that's not new because you can see, I think you can see hints of that in John chapter, excuse me, Genesis chapter three where the serpent came to Adam and Eve, and they, he tempted them. And these, uh, these th- same three categories are present there as they were tempted to disobey God.
1: Uh, so we see it in Jesus' temptation in the wilderness as well. All three of uh, them, right. Yeah, so I thought uh, I thought the writer of our content did a great job of talking about uh, these phrases: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of one's possessions, uh, differentiating between them. Uh, uh, lust of the flesh being selfish self-centered pleasure driven care more for self than um, others the whole idea of a narcissist uh, comes to play i I just thought that that he did a wonderful job explaining uh what the lust of the flesh is Um, lust of the eyes is more along the lines of coveting desiring something else that someone else has and being all about feeding physical desires, first and foremost, always wanting an upgrade. And then the prided one's possessions is, is materialism. Uh, it's, it's look at me and look at my stuff and all that I have. And um, it's, yeah, it's really, I mean, it, this is the world that we live in. Uh, yes. John was describing uh, 2000s.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a strong spirit. You know, all the time we see it in our TV, social media. We're beckoned by this spirit to love all sorts of things. You know, there this this uh, there's that urge, as Lynn talked about, to give our time, our attention, and our resources to those things rather than the things of God.
1: Right. So a a, a great closing question uh, is what what are the things in the world that we're tempted to love Uh, to 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 get people to talk practically about what does this mean? How do we see this uh, in in the culture we live in and how do we see this in our own lives? So I, I think there's a potential for a lot of strong discussion in. Every segment of this Bible study. So I'm excited uh, for what's going to happen Sunday as people gather to to around God's word to discuss uh, these things.
0: So uh, let me just kind of pull us back then. Uh, as we get into the discussion of these different areas, walking as Jesus walked, walking in the light, uh, not walking like the world, all this. We need to keep coming back. Let's remember what our focus is, that my relationship with God, it's reflected in how I live. And when I live in a way that's pleasing him, that falls in line with what 1 John 2 says here, I can have confidence in my relationship. That's the heart of it.
1: That really is. Thanks, Leah. Thank thank you for listening to our podcast today. We want to take a moment to learn a little bit about what Christina does and the You curriculum. Hey, Chris. Yes. Let me
0: interrupt for just a moment. Since you You thanked everybody out there, let me offer my my word of thanks, too. And uh, we've heard from several of y'all at our Bible Studies for Life adult extra blog site. A lot of y'all have dropped notes in there saying, hey, thank you for the podcast. Let me just tell you those mean a lot to us to hear this. Hey, some, some said this podcast is the last thing I do as I prepare. And it just kind of helps me wrap things up. We'd love to hear from you. So keep those cards and letters coming (laughs) It's just uh, at that blog site, Bible studies for life slash adult extra, just whatever you're on. There's a place you can add a comment. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Thanks. We do appreciate that. Christina, tell us a little bit about you, curriculum, and then I believe you have a teaching tip for us.
2: Absolutely. Well, you is a Bible study resource that is produced by Lifeway, and as content editor, and um, I help to guide the, the content toward focusing on uh, being relevant to the African American and the urban audience. It's a Magazine look and feel resource. It's a three and two in one resource, in that it has a leader guide and a learner guide. And we also have a, a, a digital preference for those who are techno, technologically driven. Okay, so the yeah. teaching t- tip. Before I go to the teaching tip,
0: well, uh, Christina, let me just remind folks too that there is that strong connection with uh, the Bible Studies for Life family. I mean, what we're everything we've talked about here is being studied in the U curriculum as well. Even the same content, as far as what's in our personal study guides, uh, is is in the same resources the U curriculum, but it has such a unique urban African American feel to it. it. It's really good. Thanks, Christina. All right. So go ahead and go to that tip.
2: All right. Thank you, Lynn. The teaching tip for today is for teachers to reflect on your relationship with God. Now, this session focuses on having assurance about our relationship with God. So one of the things that you can do as a teacher is to share with learners about your relationship with God so that you can enhance their confidence, about their own relationship with God. For example, discuss the spiritual disciplines that you practice. You know, this includes your prayer life, your personal Bible study. Talk about what it means to hear God's voice. Any of those relationship disciplines that you practice personally would be great for your learners to to hear. Uh, Consider how your relationship with God has impacted your role as a teacher. And then think about it ha- how. Think about how it has impacted the way you live. So, share your experience and how you relate to God, and this will be beneficial to your learners.
1: Thanks, Christina. We appreciate that, and it's uh, we always like to take a moment to uh, speak directly to those of you who lead. Uh, Bible study groups to, to just to help you. And so we, we want to provide this, these kind of tips um, along the way. Christina, thanks for being with us today. Lynn, appreciate you. And once again, we want to thank all of you who listen to Bible Studies for Life podcast. Hope that this is beneficial to you. And we pray that you have a great week in Bible study this week as you gather in small groups.